This is the third part of our series. We've been talking about grace. And how many of you have been benefiting from grace? I tell you, when you really come into a revelation and, and a full understanding of what the grace of God is, it will change your life. When you realize that you don't have to struggle anymore to be accepted by God, when you realize that God already loves you, he's accepted you, you don't have to try to perform, but that God loves you because he just decided to love you. I always say that when I finally meet my maker face to face, I want to say to God, 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 why did you choose me? Why did you choose me? And the reason that you're here this morning is because the spirit of God drew you here, whether it's here or in any church, because there's something in you that the Holy Spirit, God has called you before the foundation of the world and God has labeled you to be his. You are his. And a lot of us think, that oh, we just kind of, we'll get up and we'll just kind of come. No, you come because the Holy Spirit is working in your hearts. And so this morning, we're going to be continuing that and talking about grace. I think this will be the final installment. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, empowered by the Spirit over sinful living. And we talked uh, the first week about being saved by God's grace. We talked about being justified uh, by faith, through grace in Jesus Christ. We talked about how our sin debt has been paid in full. In week two, last week, we talked about how the Christ set us free from the power of sin. The sin no longer has dominion over us. That now that we have the ability to resist it. And today we're going to be talking about uh, the means by which we live a holy life. And that is by the Holy Spirit. You know, I wanted to show a video this morning, and things didn't kind of work out the way I wanted them to work out. But if you were to ask people, who is the Holy Spirit, you'll get a whole lot of different answers. Some people might tell you, well, it's a force. Well, some would say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit is, I think he's the third part of the Trinity. Some might say, well, I'm not really sure what the Holy Spirit is. But for the believer, and I, and I want you to listen very carefully this morning, for the believer, the Holy Spirit is absolutely vital for a Christian. The Holy Spirit was involved in the creations of the earth, the heavens and the earth. The Holy Spirit was involved in us coming to Christ because when we were in our mess, it was God using the Holy Spirit to draw us into himself. But not only that, the Holy Spirit is there to empower us and to help us to live above the lust and our sinful appetites that is in us. Because we talked about how we have been delivered and, you know, we've talked about how the power of this thing has been broken. But then the question is, well, Pastor, how do I? You know, I have those moments of time. Anybody ever been there where you've just been kind of tempted and you were kind of hanging in the balance like, what do I do? How do I live? Now, Pastor, how do I? I mean, I mean, is there something that would kind of help me to get over this thing? That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is absolutely critical. You see, the desire for holy living cannot be accomplished by trying hard. I had, I've heard people say to me from time to time, well, you know what? I like those church people. I like kind of going over there. And, but, you know, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to try to be good. You know, that'll last for a good while. 
like by the time you hit the car <laughs> until the next person cut you off. You know? And some people, and they try, and they say, well, I'm going to try to do this. Okay, I'm going to try to externally change some things, but never realizing that it doesn't work that way. You remember we talked several weeks ago about being born again. The thing about being born again is that every born-again believer, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, that you and I were sealed by the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. We were sealed. That means that every single believer Every Christian has within him or her the Holy Spirit to help you to live the kind of life that you desire now to live. And so apart from the Holy Spirit, you and I, we can't be holy. Apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I are going to keep falling flat on our face. We can't cut it. But boy, when we come into revelation of the Holy Spirit and what it really means, now we see that we have now a power to be able to live above the sinful lusts and appetites. You know, I used to, you know, uh, you know I grew up in a, in, a, in a Pentecostal church. My mom used to keep me there all the time. I joked about that from time to time. And one of the things that was so disturbing to me was that I would see people do all kinds of things, you know, whether it was, you know, hanging, swinging from the chandelier or whether it was stomping and kicking and spitting and running and tripping over people and hitting people in the face. I can remember one Sunday just kind of sitting on the pew and somebody just whack up, just hit me because they were so full of the spirit. And. <laughs> And, you know, and so now we, we, we see today that we got people walking around barking like dogs and roaring like lions and doing all kinds of stuff saying it's all in the name of the Holy Spirit. No wonder people think Christians sometimes are weird because that has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. I saw the same people that were yelling, screaming, jumping, knocking over the chairs, being mean to the next person. Being just as evil, just as wicked, just as nasty, as if they never had any encounter, because it probably happened. But somewhere along the line, you know, they, they kind of saw this kind of this thing that they thought, well, if you really feel with the Holy Spirit, this is how you will act. And so that was very disturbing to me. And I will often hear people say to me, Well, I just can't help it. You just can't help it. Well, one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. I consider myself a charismatic believer. I believe in all the gifts of the spirit. I practice the giftings of the Holy Spirit. But I believe in reason and in sound judgment. And so what a lot of people attribute to the Holy Spirit is not necessarily of the Holy Spirit. And so... We understand that the giftings of the Holy Spirit is absolutely critical that we understand that. But even more than that, we need to exude the character of the Holy Spirit. Because what is God after most of all is our character. The way that we live. How are we to people that we work with? Are we kind to people? Are we loving to people? You see? Have we, are we flowing in the things of God? And we're going to talk here in a moment about you know, some of the characteristics of when you will know that you are flowing in the Spirit of God. Turn with me to Romans chapter number 8, and we've been in Romans, and we're going to continue there. Romans chapter number 8. We're going to start in verse 
number one. I'll give you two seconds to get there. One, two, we're running. There is there for now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous, the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh, get this now, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You want peace? There it is. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh, in the old nature, those who are unredeemed, cannot please God. For you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Look at verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, the old nature, you will die. But if you live by the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body. You will live for as many as are led by the spirit of God. These are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, father or daddy. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Look at verse 17. Beautiful. And if children, then heirs. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm rich. <laughs> heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together with him. Boy, that is a wonderful passage of scripture. But he starts off the, that uh, passage of scripture by saying there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The thing that we recognize is that those who have rejected God's son have no eternal life. For the Bible declares in Romans chapter 1 that the wrath of God is revealed against all ungodly. The wrath of God. And so everyone, and here's where we were before Christ came. Everyone who have rejected God's son, they are in a position where they will have to absorb the wrath of God because the wrath of God is coming upon this earth. It is coming. And so that's such were we at one point. But now that we have been redeemed by Jesus, the Bible says that we have been saved from wrath 
So the children of God are not going to have to experience that. That's why I say that it's so important that we share the love of God with our brothers, our sisters, our family members, your friends, the people that you work with. You know, it's so easy to kind of get lax that you just kind of forget, you know, that you know what? If they don't know Christ, they're going to be separated from Christ for eternity. And that is not a good thing. But he says that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Our judgment has already been paid. The thing has been wiped clean for us. So here's the thing. You and I, that's why I tell my kids all the time. I talk to my son. I say, he'll tell you. I say, son, pick your head up. Because you have been redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, but he doesn't stop there. He says, who walk according to the spirit and not in the flesh. So Paul presupposes that a person that is born again automatically, listen to me, walks in the spirit. Because before then, you still had that, that same, the two natures in you struggling Trying to, trying to dominate your life. But now, all of a sudden, when you used to sin, you know, it was like, it was no big deal. But now, you suddenly, you've come into the kingdom, there's this resistance. It's like, I don't like this. I, I, I don't want to do this. Because now your spirit has been made alive Amen. unto God. Amen. So God has quickened you, and now he says, now, he, he presupposes that those who are in Christ, that they walk according to the spirit. So here's what you have. You have the Holy Spirit right here. And you ever see those pictures of people try to put on TV of the, the, the devil on one side, the little angel on the other side, and both of them kind of whispering in your ear trying to get you to come. You see, the difference with that is that, that sin has no power over us now. That thing has been broken. So now you have the, the Holy Spirit right here and you have your flesh, the old you, that old nature that is still there. that is still wanting to dominate. But now he says we are to follow after the spirit. You see, follow after the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. So Paul, so, so Paul understands and he's making a point that those who have been born again, they don't, we don't live according to the flesh anymore. But we are in the spirit. We walk according to the spirit. In fact, turn with me to the gospel of John chapter 14. I want to show you something. I tell you, when I read this passage of scripture, my spirit, I was leaping. I did a lot of leaping this weekend. Hallelujah. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> he said, Pastor, crazy. I did a lot of leaping this weekend. But in the Gospel of John, here Jesus is about to leave. And mind you, he had been with the disciples for several years. They had developed a dependency on him. Now Jesus is telling the disciples, look, it's time for me to go. I'm going to go to be with my father and I'm going to leave you all down here. And rightly so, some of them were like, oh, wait, what are we going to do? Wait a minute, we've forsaken everything for you, Jesus. <laughs> you, you know, you can't, you can't leave me here now. We've we given up everything, our wife, our family, our children. We, man, we hit the road, and now you're sitting there telling us you're going to leave? Where are you going? But not only did he say I'm going to leave, he said you can't come with me right now. What? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And so Jesus here in John chapter 14, verse number 15, listen to this. This is profound. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. But he didn't stop there. 
He says now, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. All right? The parakletos, that's for the Holy Spirit, that he may come and abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells. Listen to this with you and will be in you in you. So this is profound because Jesus was saying, listen to this. Whatever God requires from you, he empowers. Whatever God requires, he empowers. He said, listen to this. He said, now, if you really love me, you're going to keep my commandments. But he said, but here's what he was saying. I know that you may want to keep my commandments and love me and obey me, but you can't do it by yourself. See, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, here's what I'm going to do. And what I'm going to do and is a conjunction. And I'm going to pray to the Father that he give you somebody to help you because in and of your own strength, you can't pull this thing off. You can't obey God. You can't walk with God. And so he says in the same breath, look, keep my commandments. And here's what I'm going to do, though. I'm going to pray to the Father. He's going to send you a helper. And he is now going to be inside of you. And the Bible says that he will guide you, he will lead you, he will convict you, he will show you the way that you will walk. But not only that, he will give you the power to keep my commandments. And so when somebody say to me, well, you know, I, I can't, I can't. Listen to me. Anything God asks you to do in his word, you have the power to achieve it. God will never ask of you anything that you cannot do. He will never do that. It will be unjust for God to do that. He says, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm not going to leave you here trying to obey God, trying to do the best that you can. He said, but I'm going to pray to the Father, and he's going to send you a helper, the Holy Spirit that comes and indwells every single believer. Every one of us have inside of you an anointing and the presence of the Holy Spirit to empower you to live the kind of life that God calls you and desires for you to live. And so we got to tap into this thing. We got to kind of understand the power of what Christ has done for us. He has given us this power. He has given us this anointing. The Bible says, that you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter number three. He said, know ye not that your bodies is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's why you need to be careful where you take your temple. You know, people get out, people, you ever heard people say, well, if you're a good Christian, you shouldn't drink, you shouldn't smoke, you shouldn't do, you shouldn't do, you should take care. And, and usually where they get there from is this particular passage of scripture. And what they're really trying to, and here's the thing that you and I got to understand, that you and I were bought with a price. That when you come to Christ, that you no longer belong to yourself. You have a new master now. He said, know ye not that your body is the temple. In other words, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's why you don't take your temple just anywhere. That's why you don't just put anything in your temple. That's why you don't engage in certain kinds of activities. Why? Because you've been brought with a price. That's right. That's right. You don't belong to yourself. Right. <laughs> you belong to God. 
I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. I belong to God. People are trying to have a sense of belonging. I know who I am. I know who I belong to. Hallelujah. So we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit abides in us to equip us and to help us. God is so good that he said, look, I'm not, I'm not only going to save you. First of all, before you are born, I'm going to choose you. Before you even make your mind, I'm going to pick you. I'm going to hand pick you into my kingdom. Not only that, but I'm going to chase after you. And then after I chase after you, I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to cause you to walk in my ways. I'm going to write my laws in your heart. Glory to God. Do you see how he came after us? I mean, he's done everything. That's why I say it ought to make you grateful. You ought to get excited. That's why I never have a problem giving God praise. That's why, you know, I don't, you know the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say, so I never have a problem saying that because I know what he's done for me. Hallelujah. That's right. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Amen. for it is the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed. Amen. I don't mind telling you that I've been redeemed. I don't mind talking to you about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus for a little bit. Let me tell you about what he did to me, what he did to me in my life, how he changed me. And look at the, let's go back to Romans chapter number eight. Romans chapter eight. We're still in Romans chapter eight. Ken, if you can turn me down just a little bit, I'm a little hot. My mic is, you know, you know, of course, I'm always hot up here. So I just gave up on that. In verse number seven in Romans chapter eight. Verses 5 through 7, he says, For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. See, those who are of the flesh, they obey the impulses of their flesh. You know, that's, that's why I say I never worry about, you know, people say, well, we need to go down to, go down to D.C. and we need to pick it. We need to tell those people, you know, we need to lead and let them know that they're not supposed to be doing this. You know, well, sinners sin. That's their job. And you ain't going to change people by yelling and screaming in their face, telling them what they should. Look, you need to be, listen, here's how you change people. Get on your knees and pray that they have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Because, see, those who are of the flesh, they mind the things of the flesh. In other words, they do whatever they feel like. It's normal and natural. But he says, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, you can be a Christian and be rebellious against God. But let me tell you something. You will have no peace in your life. You will have no joy. You will be disrupted in your spirit when you disobey God. Anybody ever been there? Boy, there's something you like, oh, oh, gosh, I'm sorry. Ah, I got to get this right. Because there's the presence in you to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's why I say, what do we spend the majority of our time? What do we feed ourselves with? What, what, what is it we're engaging in? In fact, I was, my wife was telling me that, that Minette, if you don't mind me using it for an example, had, I guess, taken Jennifer on a weekend thing to, 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 to teach her about purity, just mom and daughter. Now, that is not a popular thing today. 
Because everybody in our schools and all the, everybody says, you know, it's normal and natural that kids have intercourse. And so by the fact, why don't we just make it safe? How many know that the only safe sex is within the context of marriage? Any time that there's any kind of sexual activity outside of, see, here's the thing. People don't get it. When we walk with God, it is for our benefit and our protection. Boy, I wish, it's like people don't, people think that God is up there and he's like a killjoy, that he just want to make your life miserable. God knows the pain of sin. God knows what it will do to your life. And so God put these things, he tells you don't do this and don't do that, not because he want to make you miserable, but because he loves you too much. He don't want you to go that way. He don't want you to go that way. So to be spiritually minded is life and peace. There's peace in your life. There's joy in your life when you do it God's way. When you do it God's way, there is so much joy and peace. But I've seen, and I work in the field where I've seen people, every day I see people who disobey God and I see the end result. And I look down like, What else do we got to say to you? Do it God's way to be spiritually minded. What are you feeding? What are we feeding our kids? What are we saying to one another? What are we feeding ourselves with? I mean, I can't hardly look at anything on TV anymore. I, I just, it just kills me because everything, and you know, a lot of people relegate, well, if they don't use a curse word, it's good. Not necessarily. Because there are ideologies and things that they're trying to pull you in a direction away from the things of God. And anytime, I can tell you, anytime I sniff anything that is teaching, and that Nick channel, I'm just sorry, I'm going to say I don't like it. That's just me, okay? That's just me. Because I've seen them once, I, I heard them talking about disobeying your parents and trying to glorify that. Let me tell you something. The Bible says obey your parents so you live a long time. Which means that if you don't, you won't. We struggle with that, right? As kids, we struggle with that because everybody else ain't doing it. But we're the people of God. And we know, we, the Bible says that we're the salt of the earth. So that means that we understand and know the truth. It's a shame for us as Christians if we don't do what we're supposed to do because we know the truth. We can't use the excuse, well, I, don't, I didn't know that. You know the truth. You get it here every Sunday when you come. You're going to get it. Look at the Galatians chapter number five. Galatians chapter number five. Paul here want to make sure that nobody have a misunderstanding on what the lust of the flesh. What's the difference between the, the walking in the spirit and walking in the flesh? Paul is going to make it so clear that nobody can say, well, you know, I didn't know that that was something that God didn't want me to do. How do you know that you read the word of God? That's why we always say read the Bible on a regular basis. Because you need that fresh reminder. But look at verse, six, verse 16 of Galatians chapter 5. He says, now, I say then, 
walk in the spirit because you have the spirit of God in you, right? He says, walk in the spirit because you can be born into the spirit, but not necessarily walk in it. Walking in the spirit means to be occupied with, to be engaged with. He says, now walk in the spirit. Here's the guarantee. And you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. That's a guarantee. So I know that if I'm struggling in a certain area, all I need to do, because I have the power in me now, I have the Holy Spirit in me now, all I need to do is walk in the Spirit. Okay? What's saying what? Okay? I'm following the Spirit. I'm going with the Holy Spirit. Now, that flesh, that lust, the war still goes on. See, the Bible says, listen, we've been called to a war. But can you imagine that if our military was on the field and the commanders didn't give them weapons to fight with? We'll have a whole lot of success with that, would we? But see, God, listen, we're in the war, but he's given us a weapon to fight with. And that's the Holy Spirit. And he guarantees, he says, here's what you do. Walk in the spirit. Do what I tell you. Just follow my spirit. I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to speak to your heart. You're going to know it's going to be something in you that says, I shouldn't do this. Anybody ever had that experience? You know, you walk with, I'm telling you, you walk with God long enough. The Holy Spirit will just show you, I mean, just certain things, you know, and it's not an audible voice most times, all the time. You know, I'm not saying that God won't speak audibly to you, but it's not the norm. But, you know, you had those situations where you just had something and you said, don't go that way. Don't do this. Don't do that. For every one of us who have been born again to have the Holy Spirit, if we listen to the Spirit of God, God will give us that red flag will go up. Because we're sensitive to his Holy Spirit. One of the things I pray every single day, every day I'm like, Lord, before I get up off my knees and go to work, I say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Father, help me to see where you are at work so I can get involved with it. I want to be involved. I want to live a life poured out for God. You know, I want I want to live a life that is absolutely poured out for him. I want to go to heaven saying, God, I gave it all I got. He says, Walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Listen to this. For the lust of the, uh, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. <laughs> but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Now, here they are. Well, pastor, I don't know what the world, when am I walking in the flesh? Okay, let's talk about it. Here are the works of the flesh. Adultery. That's unfaithfulness to your spouse. Fornication. We talked about that a minute ago. Any sin that is outside of the context, any sex that is outside of the context of marriage. Uncleanliness, lewdness, that is immorality out of control. And how many know that we live in a society today that people are out of control? You know, we was looking, we was working a case, one of the, my, my colleagues was working a case the other day, and, you know, pictures of people involving all kinds of indecent acts with animals. That's lewdness out of control. It's a work of the flesh. It's demonic. Idolatry, anything that we worship before God. Sorcery has to do with witchcraft. That's why we don't participate in Halloween. Why? Because that's when all the witches come out. Do you not know that there are people that are involved in witchcraft that that use that holiday to pray these evil spirits and to try to... Uh, to to destroy everything that is good, everything that God is trying to do. Sorcery, witchcraft, hatred. 
Well, you know, I just hate so-and-so. Can you imagine Jesus ever saying that? Hating somebody? Jesus dealt with religious people. He told people the truth. How many know that some, when you tell the truth sometimes, it hurts? But he was always out of love. You can be straight up with people and tell them the truth and love them at the same time. I'm, I know how to do that. Try me. I know how to do that. Contentions. That's divisions. There are some people, you ever seen it? I've been in church now for years. That, you know, I can remember there were people that were just always, every time you saw them, there was always a mess. Always something stirred up. I was talking to uh, uh, one of the guys that I work with, you know, because I, I spend so much time at work, so you have to forgive me. But, but he was explaining to me how that and he's, he's in leadership at his church, and he was explaining to me how that there are certain families in the church uh, that, that just want this one pastor out. They want him out. And the reason they want him out, and this is what he's telling me, he's a white man. He's a, he's a, a Caucasian American. He says to me, they want him out because he's black. And I said, what are they doing? He said, man, they're just up there. They're just causing all kind of problems. They don't have a problem with him. He have not done anything wrong, but they're just trying to pull him down. And so what they have done, they have gathered a whole lot of other people with them in the church to try to pull them down. It's a work of the flesh. It is demonic because it corrupts. And it dismantles everything that God is trying to do. And people don't understand that when you do that to your, listen, when you do that to your church and to your leaders, you're doing it to yourself. You shoot your own self in the foot. Because it is the hand that God has provided to feed you spiritually. Contentions, divisions, jealousies. You know, I get excited when people get blessed. You know, when, when the Reeds showed me their nice van, boy, I was happy about that. <laughs> Glory to God. I felt good. I wasn't sitting back like, well, God, how do you bless them? You don't bless me. I mean, God, I mean, really, I mean, why are they blessing? Come on, God. Why, God? I mean, come on, God, now. I've been serving you. I didn't get it. I, I saw it. I said, pray. Thank God. This is good. And I wasn't trying to fake it. I just get happy. There are people that just, just get jealous. It's a work of the flesh. It's not of God. Jealous, envious. You can't celebrate with somebody else and get blessed because you're all about me. All about me. Outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition. Well, and people who are selfish, they can't figure out, well, why God ain't blessing me? Why God doesn't take care of me and mine? Well, because you don't care about nobody else. God is not in the process. Listen, God is not about blessing us so that we can continue to, to be selfish and walk in our own way. God want to bless you to make your blessing. Come on. He want to bless you to make your blessing to other people. That's when you're walking in God's favor. When, you're be, when, you, when you are able to bless other people, Jesus was a giver. God is a giver at heart, and his children ought to be that way. Jesus was constantly pouring himself out, pouring and giving and loving and doing good, sharing, helping people, meeting their need. He wasn't just about himself. And you got people just so caught up in this self, you know, I got to get me in mind, and if I got to walk on you to get there, I'll get it. Well, why God ain't blessing me? It's no wonder. Because that is not the spirit of Christ. It's a work of the flesh. 
murders, drunkenness, and the like, of which I told you before time, verse 21, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that's not to say that a person that, that falls into one of these sins from time to time, that's not to say that they're not saved. But what it is, what it does say is that that does not characterize the life of a believer. And so, so when, when you talk about, in other words, when somebody say, hey, do you know Sister Peggy? They shouldn't be saying, oh, that Peggy Bailey, she's a lie. She cheats. She still can't trust her. She's unfaithful. She's a, that, that Peggy, that's the one you're talking about? No, if you, you've been born again, you don't live that way. You might have times when you will fall. You will have times when you will blow it from time to time. All of us do. But that does not characterize who you are. He said those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom. So people who live this way, who practice this way, whose lives are characterized by this, he said they will not inherit the kingdom of God. But listen to this. Here's the, but look at verse 22. He said, but the fruit of the spirit, here it is, is love. Get this now. Joy. Peace. Here's when you know that you're flowing with the spirit of God. Because what's coming out of you is love. People just want to be around you. You're a loving person. There's, there's, that, there's that joy. How many of you love to be around people that are joyful? Amen. Yeah, I love to be around Jennifer. She's always filled with the spirit. Right, Jennifer? <laughs> but Jennifer is always filled with the joy of the Lord. But she's been that way since I've known her. For many, many years she's been that way. It's contagious. Peace at rest. Long-suffering. When you're walking in the spirit of God, you know, you're patient with people. You understand that people, you know, you got you to gotta coach people along. You got to help them along. Right. You're patient. We're kind to people. I've had people mistreat me <laughs> in this church. But let me tell you, one of the things I've always been, and nobody could ever accuse me of being otherwise, I've always been a lover of people and I've always been kind. You will never see or hear me raise my voice. I'm not a pushy person. I will love you until the end. I will love you to the end. Why? Because I obeyed the spirit. Because I am, I am sold out on this thing. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you walk with the spirit, there's a degree of joy and peace. And when you get there, you don't want to stay there. You don't want to be messing up with that. That's why some people, boy, and I, when I know they're acting up, if I got to move, I separate myself. I see you later. I can't be, you know, messing up my joy and my peace now. Come on. You can't be disturbing me like that. You got to get with it now. Come on. Yes, you got to get with it. You can't, you can't do the faithfulness. Faithfulness. A person that walks in the spirit of God, they're faithful. You can depend on them. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. But well, where are they at? You know, I'll see you. You know, I'm going to give you a call. They ain't never call. The fruit of the spirit is faithful. When you walk in the spirit of God, you can be dependent on. Why? Not so much because the person, but because you love God. And you understand that you're serving God. It's all about him. I always tell people, it ain't about me, and I don't mind telling you that. I'm nothing. You know, I'm just a servant just like you are. I'm trying to listen. I just want to do what he's called me to do. But when you get in tight with God, you want to serve him. You want to please God. That's your aim in life. 
And so what makes you do the things that you do, hopefully, is just not so, you know, because of this person, that person. It's because, you know what? It's what God wants me to do. That's right. See? I want to do this because God wants me to do it. And we, we, we got to close this thing down. All right. Verse 23. Gentleness. Self-control. We talked about self-control. You know, if people, you go inside of a church and people are screaming and yelling and barking like cows and dogs and they're spitting all over the place. Look, you can look at them and say, look, brother, you're out of order. Yeah, tell them, you're out of order. Self-control. Fruit of the Spirit. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. For, listen to this, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Since we live in the Spirit, since we have been born again into God's family, we have the Holy Spirit in us, now let's walk in the Spirit. And you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. Amen. And I'm just going to quote this scripture. You don't have to turn there because we've got to close. In Ephesians 4, 25. Ephesians 4, verses 25 through 30. He talks about do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And you can read it in your spare time. The Holy Spirit is not a thing or it. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's the third person of the Trinity. And do you not know that you can grieve the Holy Spirit? The word grieve means to injure or to make sorry. That you have within the you have it within yourself that you can hurt God. When you and I willfully sin and disobey God, it grieves God. And see, and when I, and when we grieve the Spirit of God, our spirit is grieved. You know why? Because when you come into the family of God, what happened is your spirit is intertwined with God. You are one with the Father now. And so when you do something against God, when you sin against God, then you are grieved. You make the Spirit of God sorry. And guess what kind of effect it has on you? You're not happy yourself. You're disturbed because you're one with God. It's kind of like a husband and a wife. They've been together. You know, if I'm hurting and my wife knows I'm hurting, she hurts too. Why? Because there's that bonding. See, we've had that bonding. We've had that connection because I feel her pain. She feels my pain because we're one. So it is with the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit of God when you and I sin against him. And when people like to say, well, you know, God is, you know, God is not up there like, you know, the minute you blow it, he's like, oh, but I was waiting for that one. He grieves with you. It hurts. It hurts God. You know why it hurts God when we sin against him? Because he loves us so much. And if nothing else, that ought to compel you to say, you know what? I don't want to do this no more. I can't. The price has been paid. He's did too much for me. And I'm going to honor him with my life. That's the very least that I can do. Bow your head. Close your eyes.